This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. If you have listened to me for any amount of time, you know where I stand when it comes to legalizing marijuana. I'm all in favor of it. I don't smoke marijuana. I don't smoke cigarettes. And I really would never encourage anyone to smoke either of those things because I don't think it's smart to put anything in your lungs that might damage them. But I have said that what we've been doing up until now has not been working. It has not stopped young people from smoking marijuana. So let's legalize it, control it, and and then we can take it from there. Now, that being said... I, I I might support the legalization, but I don't think it's the best thing, as I said, for your health and for a lot of other things. And then there's a study that came out, an international study came out on the weekend that I was reading. And I thought, oh, this is going to elicit a lot of comments because they really looked not so much at the health effects of regular marijuana use, more the social impact of smoking marijuana. And I want to bring in Dr. Magdalena Serta, Associate Director, Violence Prevention Research Program, University of California. And she is one of the authors of the study. Dr. Serta, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I apologize. I forgot to ask if, in fact, it is pronounced Serta. Am I saying your name correctly? Perfect. So I want you to tell my listeners what the study was actually looking at. So we looked at a representative sample of births from the city of Dunedin in New Zealand, and they were followed every three to six years from age three to age 38. And we looked at uh, the relationship between cannabis use uh, between ages 18 and 38 and economic and social problems at age 38. What did you find? And we found that in our study, those people who smoked cannabis on a regular basis, uh, and by a regular basis I mean four or more times a week, over many years ended up in a lower social class than their parents, with lower paying, uh, less skilled, and less prestigious jobs. Uh, They also experienced more financial problems, such as having troubles with debt, low credit scores, troubles with cash flow, um, more problems at work, such as lying to get a job or stealing money, and more relationship difficulties, such as intimate partner violence. Whoa. All right, Magdalena. So can you, can you honestly say or say that you pointed right to the cannabis use? Because were you able to look at your subjects and say, wait, maybe this person had um, uh, came from lower socioeconomic situation. Maybe there was alcoholism involved in their lives. Like, how do you point it all at cannabis use? Yeah, and that was really a, a big concern of ours, that it could all be due to other pre-existing differences between regular cannabis users and other people. Um, so what we did is we have information on these people since early life and on their families. So we were able to measure a lot of those potentially pre-existing differences and account for them. So even after we accounted for, for example, socioeconomic problems in childhood, lower IQ, Um, mental illness in adolescence, impulsivity, uh, co-occurring abuse of alcohol and hard drugs, um, criminal conviction for cannabis use. Even after we we took account of all of those potential pre-existing differences between regular cannabis users and other people, we still found a consistent relationship between regular long-term cannabis use 
and these economic and social problems. And so that gives us the sense that um, our results are, uh, are fairly robust to these potential threats. Now, wait a second, Maya. In the last half hour, the host before me was talking about Dr. Wakefield and the autism connection with vaccines. You don't have to answer that. But we were pointing out, or my, the host was pointing out, that there was really only 12 subjects in that flawed study. How many subjects were there in yours? How many participants? 947. All right. So at least we're dealing with a larger group. So, yeah. Magdalena, do you, do you, so you've got this conclusion, but do you have any reasons why? We didn't look at the potential mechanisms for why or how, yeah. really, um, cannabis use can lead to these problems. I have some, have some hypotheses I would like to look at in future studies. Um, one is that uh, l- this kind of long-term, almost daily cannabis use has been associated with cognitive uh, problems later on, uh, for example, drop in IQ. And if that's the case, then you can imagine that... Um, a drop in IQ related to long-term cannabis use could lead to more problems in the workplace, um, problems with income. Um, it could also be that um, once people, you know, associate with, um, within a social environment with, where other people are using cannabis on a regular basis, there's something about that social environment where uh, perhaps monetary success, professional achievement isn't valued as much, and so that's what's leading to more economic and social problems. Or it could be that there's another third factor that's contributing to both regular long-term cannabis use and economic and social problems that we have not been able to account for in our study. Mm, so you definitely, this is just the beginning, you're going to delve into this a lot deeper. Yes. What yes, kind of reaction, Magdalena, are you getting from this? There's been varied reactions, uh, as I think could be expected with, with findings such as this. Um, I think um, from the uh, scientific community, a very positive reaction, uh, particularly that we've been able to account for a lot of the potential threats uh, to to answering this kind of question. Uh, But, of course, there are concerns um, um, about what this means and and whether it is is explained by other uh, potential factors. Uh, That kind of concern has come more from uh, people reacting to the media coverage. And Magdalena, I mean, you're, we're reaching you in California, so you're seeing what's happening in the States when it comes to legalizing marijuana. And I, as I said at the outset, we are probably a year or two away from doing a similar thing here in Canada. So is this the information that you think lawmakers should be looking at really closely? Well... I, I don't want to take a stance on the legalization yeah. uh, question um, as it is, but I do think that this is useful uh, because within a context of legalization or within a broader context of increasing cannabis use, I do think uh, lawmakers need to, consi- need to think about uh, concurrent investment in programs to prevent regular cannabis use and uh, programs to intervene early uh, with, with those people who are addicted to cannabis. And if we do invest in prevention and we, if we do invest in treatment, I think that could have long-term uh, economic and social uh, effects in communities. Dr. Serda, I know we only had you for a limited amount of time, but I'm glad you were able to start the conversation for us. 
Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Dr. Magdalena Serta, Associate Director, Violence Prevention Research Program, University of California, Davis, and one of the authors of this international study. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.